Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk podcast. Today on our show, we will kick off our Psychology of the Workplace series with a conversation on how to identify a workplace bully. Sharon Mason, our resident therapist, is joining in on the conversation. Be sure and get comfortable with your pen and your paper as we share the characteristics and the behaviors of a workplace bully. Hello everybody, this is your girl Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. In the studio with me today, I have my friend over here, Sharon Mason. Yes, she is basically for Girls Talk our resident therapist. And so, what we're going to be starting is our monthly series, The Psychology of the Workplace. And we're going to be starting off today with our conversation about workplace bullying. Yes. So, we have some great information for you today. We want you to walk away informed, we want you to be educated and be able to identify a workplace bully that may be lurking around your particular workplace. Take some time, get you a pen and a piece of paper and be able to take down some notes so that you will be well informed. So we're gonna jump right into it. Sharon, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, thank you, Michelle. So again, I'm Sharon, Sharon Mason. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist love working with clients, try to support people in creating the lives that they desire. Oftentimes we deal with um, a lot as far as trauma, as far as grief, have a lot of loss work um, that I do as well. I work with families, couples, and individuals. So uh, yeah, I love what I do and happy to be here. Okay, so I know that you are at a couple of different sites. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? So if someone wanted to get in touch with me, I would say go to my site, lovethatrelationship.com, or you can reach me at my confidential number, 317-762-6136. That's 317-762-6136. Um, you can also go to my email, lovethatrelationship at gmail.com. Okay, so we're going to jump right into our topic, and we are actually talking about workplace bullying. So we, we each have our notes um, that we're going to be pulling from because we want to make sure that we're giving you relevant and pertinent information. Be sure and listen in as Sharon shares the definition of a workplace bully. Workplace bullying is defined as repeated self-harming mistreatment of one or more persons who we define as the targets by one or more perpetrators. It's abusive behavior that's threatening 
threatening, it may be humiliating, or work interference. So this can take many forms such as sabotage, it can be something that prevents someone from getting their work done, or even verbal abuse within the workplace. One of the things that I had learned in my research of this topic is that it can happen between a boss and a subordinate, between co-workers, and it can also be done from somebody that may be in another department that needs your information or you need their information, and they see you basically as a threat almost, and they begin the bullying for that. One of the reasons why I felt this was a pertinent topic to discuss is because I myself have dealt with workplace bullying. And it was a situation to where I felt like I had to respond immediately to make sure that it stopped. I'm not one of those individuals that is going to welcome bullying of any kind. And so with that in mind, I knew I needed to do what I needed to do to make sure Michelle was taken care of. And so one of the other things that a workplace bully does is they make the victim feel very insecure. Makes them feel as if they don't have a voice, nor are they in control of the environment in which they work in. It no longer becomes a safe and secure environment. Now it becomes a hostile working environment. And so let's get into a couple of other things that we talked about. I know on that same work on that same uh, website, it had talked about that they did a survey in about seventy six percent of the individuals that they had surveyed had said that they had dealt with a workplace bully. And if they had not personally dealt with one, then they had witnessed. So they were affected by it. Exactly. So in essence, what it's telling us is that whether you are the victim or a witness to it, it still has an effect on you one way or another. Absolutely. So let's jump in, since I brought that topic up, let's jump into what are some of the effects of a workplace bullying experience. Okay. So what we look at is the psychological effects, which uh, I've seen individuals who dealt with and expressed the high levels of anxiety due to the workplace bullying. Um, this person may come across as being very loud, very intimidating, and who's trying to put this person down. Sometimes not necessarily doing it out in the open, so this person may have a difficult time allowing other people to know because it's not necessarily out in the open and in right. questioning. Workplace bully at times can be convincing in that, hey, I'm kind of bureaucratic, I'm not the kind of person that would do that. And so psychologically that takes a toll on a person mm -hmm. who is experiencing something that's very real but others may not believe is taking place. So with the anxiety, that can be debilitating for some people. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to work uh, Monday. I don't want to go to work on Wednesday. I don't want to go on Friday because I don't know what it is that I may be walking into. This person is to be in a position to where not only the fact that my job may be threatened, but the fact that my mental emotional health is threatened as well. Now, one of the things that I know from my own research is that there's a such thing as a work-life balance. How does a workplace bullying event affect an individual's work-life balance? So 
what happens is oftentimes people will carry what's taking place within the job. So, so there's not necessarily any balance. Just because I'm experiencing this at work doesn't mean that I leave it at work. Right. It goes home with me and I'm affected whether I'm at work or I'm not. Sometimes just the anticipation of having to go to work, what it is that I'm going to experience, may not be able to even enjoy time with loved ones and different activities that they would normally enjoy because of what they're experiencing um, within the job. Now, that's saying a whole lot because a lot of us that work in corporate America, we experience things that we have a tendency to take home. And sometimes we take stuff from home into the workplace. So if I'm stressed out about going to work, then that means I'm stressing out my household and the people that are in my household because of this event that took place. Absolutely. And it can be so shaming because uh, as an adult, the fact that another adult has affected me to this extent, it can be shaming. So oftentimes it's not even expressed to maybe family members or even within the job. So I'm going to hold this in, and I'm going to try to handle it on my own, but it's taking a true toll. Okay. On your, your mental and emotional, and in some cases, physical, physical health, because stress pays out in our physical health as well. Can't separate them. Can't separate them. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, all across the board. Okay. So even though it happened in the workplace, it's affecting every aspect of our lives when it goes unchecked. With bullies often focus on employees that have strong moral in, and integrity. They have strong morals and they have integrity. So I, I often wondered why those individuals. And one of the things that it had said is that in this, they pick those individuals out because it highlights their, their own insecurities. Yes, absolutely. And so now they have to overcompensate to make themselves look good by making you look bad. Unfortunately. Okay. Because think in terms of if this person was actually happy, if this person was healthy emotionally, then why would I do those things to someone else? So if I'm not happy within myself and I'm trying to take another person down, then it may be someone that I see as being somebody that I see is having it a little bit maybe more together. And then sometimes it's not necessarily that. Sometimes it's I see this person as being a diva. HRmorning.com identifies the eight most common bully personalities. Listen in as we discuss them in detail. There are eight workplace bullying personality traits. So the very first one is screaming meaning. So the screaming Mimi, this is most easily recognizable type of workplace bully. Screaming Mimi's are loud and obnoxious, and their abusive behavior is meant to berate and humiliate people. They thrive on the notion that others fear them. Okay, so I see that. I have too. I've experienced that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And it makes me think about the environment within the job the environment within the workplace, because um, when I think about the experience and what I saw and what I experienced, the job, the employer allowed this person to be a screaming meme. This person wasn't someone, it wasn't right. a subtle situation. This person, if you ask me, they were really bullish toward everyone from the top down. 
Right. And and one of the things that I I, I want to bring out here is that even though they do this, they try to make themselves look like a victim when they're challenged on it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't have did what I did if they hadn't done what they did. But you deserve this. You deserve this. If you had turned those things in when I asked for them, I wouldn't have had to do what I did. Or if you would have done what I asked you to do, then I wouldn't have had to come back at you like this. So I'm, I'm using Michelle as an example. I've experienced the screaming Mimi scenario, and that was the kind of response that I got. Had I just done what they wanted me to do, then um, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. But in the whole time that I'm letting you know, supervisor instructed me to do this. And if you have a problem, consult the supervisor. You get louder and louder. So now everybody's coming to see why you're getting so loud. So they're not hearing me. They're hearing you. But it goes back to the same idea because the culture and the environment of the job gives way to this person feeling secure and their right to be a screaming mimic. Wow. Okay, so then we have the two-headed snake. To a co-worker's face, the employee acts like a trusted friend or colleague. However, when the co-worker is out of earshot, this person will destroy his or her colleague's reputation, stab him or her in the back, and even take credit for his or her work. Wow. Then we have the constant critic. This bully's goal is to dismantle other people's confidence through constant and often unwarranted criticism. A critic will look for any possible flaw in someone's work and labors tirelessly to kill that person's credibility. That's deep. Oh, absolutely. Then there's the number four, the gatekeeper. Every office has at least one employee who gets off on wielding his or her power over others, regardless of whether that power is real or perceived. Gatekeepers deny people the tools they need, whether it's resources, time, or information, to do their jobs efficiently. So when I think about that screaming Mimi, screaming Mimi was a gatekeeper as well. Yes. And, and that brings up a good point, because anyone that Maybe saying, yeah, I've seen that. You may see more than one of these personality traits in the bully that you may have encountered or you've seen in action. It doesn't mean that they have all eight of the personality traits. They may only have two or three. But you, be, the key to this is for you to be able to identify and be able to separate yourself from this individual. Okay, let me go something else. Mm -hmm. So also... You may identify some of these traits within yourself. Oh. So what we're wanting you to also do is to say, hey, that's the way that I've operated within the workplace, and I need to do something differently because, you know, these things, you got somebody on that other side. So right. you just don't have the person who's the so-called victim, but you've got the perpetrator as well. as well. And that would be without a perpetrator. So... Just be mindful because you may be watching and saying, well, I haven't experienced that. I haven't experienced that. Oh, I would never experience that. But you've been the person who's been inflicting these things on others within the workplace. And my advice to you, if you identify yourself in any of these traits, I've already said, 
or any of the traits I'm getting ready to share. Work real hard at changing your mindset and changing your behavior. Because as we previously stated, what happens in the life of a victim of a workplace bully does not just stay in the workplace. It affects every aspect of their lives as well as it gives them that shame, that insecurity, and it provides them with um, a feeling that they're useless and worthless. And that's not what anybody deserves to feel like. Or you should not want anyone to. Because put yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if that was you? And sometimes it makes you think about how that bully experienced that. So yes. you do have some bullies that, hey, I operate in this way because I have experienced that. So that's something that you have to process, you have to work through, you have to heal from so that you don't find yourself, in fact, being the bully. Because sometimes that's exactly what takes place. I'm going to put myself in this place of superiority and being in control because I'm not going to experience that anymore. Right. So I'm just going to inflict it on others. And that's also, of course, not a healthy place to be. No, no. Have you purchased your copy of the internationally best-selling book, As For Me and My House? This book contains stories strategically designed to help entrepreneurial creatives jump into entrepreneurship. Be sure to pick up your copy today on Amazon.com. Okay, our fifth one is the attention seeker. This type of bully wants to be the center of the action and attention at all times. They'll try to get on their supervisor's good side through consistent flattery and even come on as kind and helpful to their peers, especially the newer employees. However, if coworkers don't provide the right amount of attention, these bullies can quickly turn on them. Attention seekers are often overly dramatic and relate everything to something that's going wrong in their own lives to garner sympathy and control. These bullies also have the tendency to coax personal information out of new employees only to use it against them at a later time. Wow. Then there's the wannabe. The wannabe never gonna be. This is an employee who sees himself or herself as absolutely indispensable and expects recognition for everything they do. But wannabes aren't usually very good at their jobs. To compensate, these bullies spend a majority of their time watching more competent workers and looking for areas of skilled workers' performance to complain about. Wannabes will demand that everything is done their way, even when there are better ways of doing things, because they're automatically opposed to others' ideas. They'll do everything in their power to prevent change to their work processes and their workplace. Yeah, even if they have to sabotage the situations. Absolutely. That's never a good thing. No, it's not a good thing, but they see it as... As a way for them to advance, as a means to an end, yes. 
Okay, number seven is the guru. Generally, there's nothing wrong with this bully's work performance. In fact, it's not unusual for a guru to be considered an expert in his or her own niche or area. What these bullies offer in technical skill, however, they severely lack in emotional maturity. Gurus see themselves as being superior to their co-workers, and as a result, they don't consider how their actions will affect others. They aren't able to fathom the possibility that they can be wrong about anything and don't accept responsibility for their own actions. I'm seeing about three or four of them in that one person. Wow. Okay, and then our eighth one and our final one is the sociopath. Intelligent, well-spoken, charming, and charismatic, Sociopaths are the most destructive bullies of all. They have absolutely no empathy for others, yet they are experts at manipulating the emotions of others in order to get what they want. These bullies often rise to positions of power within the company, which makes them extremely dangerous. Sociopaths tend to surround themselves with a circle of lackeys who are willing to do their dirty work in exchange for moving up the ranks with them. Yeah, and they also don't want to be looked at as an enemy, an individual. So whatever I can do to stay on your side in your good graces, that's what that so Wow. So they just don't have the things within their power, but now I have a whole group of people or individuals that are willing to do Okay, so some more things that we had talked about in regards to workplace bullying. Did you have some other points you wanted to make sure you brought out? Absolutely. Uh, so I talked about a little bit of the um, mental emotional piece, just about that anxiety piece, but there's a whole lot that takes place physically. And when I think in terms of the physical, um, bullying brings about stress. So that's whether it's bullying um, within school within the workplace it's going to bring about stress and anytime that you have prolonged stress it's going to have some physical effects right so we're looking at everything from cardiovascular problems wow. yeah affecting hypertension neurological changes so when you think about neurological changes it can be extremely deep of course we're looking at gastrointestinal issues autoimmune issues, um, also things such as nausea, that chills, profuse sweating, uh, rapid heartbeat, chest issues, chest pains, headaches, uncontrollable crying. Wow. Absolutely. Think about just being stressed. So for some people, it's difficult to sleep. So if I'm not able to get proper rest because I'm worried about what's going to take place at work or what's going to take place at work, then I may be even sleep deprived. So okay. here I am, day in and day out, not getting proper rest because I'm lying down, but I'm not getting the rest that I need, and I'm still having to go about whatever it is that I'm required to do on a daily basis. Of course, that adds up, and it's going to take an effect in numerous ways. I just hit on some of them, but lots of different ways that a person is affected. Wow, that, that's saying a lot. I know in some of the reports that we had talked about, I want to 
go back a little bit and talk about that 76% of individuals that were surveyed that said that they had either experienced workplace bullying or they have witnessed it. And I know in some of the information that we had pulled up, they said that the Hispanics are the ones that experience the highest level of, they were 26% of the 76% that was, that was surveyed that said that they had either seen it or had witnessed it. 26 of those, 26% of those individuals were Hispanics that admitted to being bullied in the workplace. And then African-Americans are the second highest at 21%, with Asian-Americans experiencing the least at 7%. But this is the key. They said by the Workplace Bullying Institute survey found that 70% of bullies were men and that 65% of their targets were women. However, the survey also revealed that women bully other women at 67% of the time. So you getting it from the male and from the female. You can't get away from it. Now, there was a percentage that I had read of 28% where it was saying men experience bullying at the hands of a female supervisor or um, superior. And that's a low number, but what surprised me is that of that 26%, 67% of them were white males. So the superior or the supervisor is female. Mm -hmm. okay. And they, and I thought that that was interesting because nowhere else did I see the white males included in any of the numbers that we found, only in that one area. And I thought that that was really interesting. So it's, you can't say that women are being bullied more than men, or men are being bullied more than women, or it's a racial thing, because as you see, the numbers are not that much different. And it's across the board, depending on the situation. But it brings me back to the same point that you made earlier. We have to look at the environment and the culture of the workplace. Because what we sometimes fail to realize is that we can very easily be setting up Absolutely. the perfect scenario for a workplace bully yes. to be introduced and without realizing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I thought um, one of the things that was important to me was to be able to identify them. So we talked about the personality traits. Mm -hmm. We've talked about um, how they will go after subordinates, they will go after women, they will go after African Americans, they'll go after Hispanic Americans, they'll go after Asian Americans. And in some regards, the Caucasian males are experiencing that as well. But the one thing that I wanted us to be able to see beyond that, and this information, I want to make sure that we bring it out. A lot of this information we found off of Workplace Bullying 
Institute um, website. We also HR, um, good or great HR, their website provided us with information as well. Because what we're going to talk about a little later in one of the other shows when we continue talking about the workplace bullying is how it affects not only productivity, but a company's bottom line. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes, unfortunately, it has to affect the company's bottom line in, form, in order for the company to do what they need to do to uh, deal with it, to address it. Because the employee within themselves, sometimes they're not able to just kind of hear that with themselves. Well, you know, you do. I know in my situation, when I realized, let me say it this way, when I realized that that's what the individual was trying to do, I immediately shut it down. But prior to that, it was almost like they were grooming me to see if they were going to be able to go to the next level. It's almost what we had talked about before, the abusive relationship. Absolutely. And one of the things that I read in one of the articles that I had read was that workplace bullying is as detrimental to an individual as an abusive relationship. The victims from workplace bullying experience some of the same emotional, mental, physical, spiritual issues that a victim of domestic violence deals with. So you probably won't have as much of the, of course, uh, the physical contact. You know, so that part, but psychologically the physical, absolutely, absolutely. You have people who are trying to figure out, how do I stay within my job? This is the place that I want to be. This is what it provides for my family. And I may not want to leave. And if I handle this the way that I know how to handle situations such as this, then I may know that I'm going to put my job in jeopardy. I'm going to put my family's life in jeopardy. So for some people, it's not that they don't want to necessarily even stand up for themselves. The way that I know to go about doing this, it's going to land me unemployed. It's going to land me incarceration. It's going to land me somewhere that I don't want to be. So I want to handle this differently than maybe the skill set that I have. Um, I actually had some information about that. Um, what they were saying in this one HR article that I pulled is that they were talking about what to do if you come across a workplace bully. And you're kind of in that position to where you're not for sure which way to turn. Mm -hmm. And it says, number one, go and report it to a supervisor. It says, you can consider going to a supervisor with the problem, but this doesn't always help if you can't provide substantiated proof. So in order to provide substantiated proof, keep a log of witnesses to the bully's behavior, including exactly what happened and the dates and times when the bullying occurred. The second thing that it says is keep in mind that the supervisor might actually support the bully or the bully might be so valuable to the company that the supervisor doesn't want to rock the boat by addressing the problem. So, in other words, know your supervisor. Know if you can go to that supervisor and talk to that supervisor about what's going on and feel like you're being heard. And then follow your chain of command. If the supervisor is not giving it, then who's over the supervisor? Go to them. If they're not listening, 
document it and say they're not listening, and then go to their supervisor. At some point in time, you're going to end up in HR. And when you end up in HR, make sure you bring out all of your documentation. This is what happened on this day. This is who I talked to on this day. And, and once you show that trail, then normally HR is far enough removed that they will begin their own investigation to find out. And if they have been bullying you, trust me, they've been bullying somebody else as well. Quite possibly, because you may have been that victim. Yeah, so they may have. They have been. Well, let's hope not, because that's not a good thing to do. Okay, so there are some subtle signs to bullying in the workplace. Okay, it says bullying often goes unnoticed in the workplace because it is a slow process of emotional and psychological manipulation that is hard to prove and detect. It is also not protected under law. Technically, bullying is not considered harassment. So legally, people can get away with doing it in the workplace if a policy isn't already in Nope, they do not have the workplace policy. No, because I know, I know a couple of companies that I've heard individuals talk about that do not have that policy in place. Now, one as a result of a complaint actually put the policy in place. Yeah, and they should be proactive, but unfortunately, a lot of companies aren't proactive. Right, they might be reactive, and then it's not going to react properly. That's true, because sometimes they can be reactionary and not reactive. They make you believe that they're going to react accordingly to how you are seeking, but then they don't. And it leaves you feeling even less protected than what you felt before. Yeah, because some people, now that I've reported it, I fear retaliation. So right. So won't come forward because if it's this bad at this point, how bad is it going to be when this person is? Well, let me say this. Every company has an industry standard in which that company has to adhere to. So that means that there's a governing body for the insurance um, industry. Each state has a department of insurance that regulates all of the insurance companies throughout the state. Um, if you are in government, then, of course, there are hierarchies in government that you have available to you. Um, if you are in the medical field, then there is the AMA and there are other medical organizations that oversee um, whatever medical services that you may be having in your own company. And so I challenge you to find out who those governing agencies are. And once you find out who they are, then if you're not getting the, you're not getting your expected responses, then you start making those necessary calls or sending those necessary emails. And trust me, when a company starts seeing their bottom line being affected, they're going to start acting accordingly. Now, as Sharon said, it may mean that they're going to get rid of you and not necessarily the person who's doing the bullying. So always make sure you have a ram in the bush. So if that job, you know, you're not getting the response that you need, start looking. Start looking, and I don't care how long you've been with the company. I don't care how vested you are in the company. 
Having a heart attack as a result of the stress that you were experiencing on that job no. is not worth it. Absolutely not. It's not. And and not sleeping and having high blood pressure and having panic attacks and um, going through all of that. You know, physical workouts, hives, all those things. Now, I can tell you that was one of the warning signs that let me know that I was dealing with excessive stress. I was starting to experience hives, and I didn't know what was going on. And so I'm doubling up on allergy medication, trying to figure out what it was. And after you sit down and start thinking about it, it was accumulation of things. And my body was reacting to the stress Absolutely. that I was under. And so you have to you have to do what you need to do to take care of you. Because trust me, this is what I said to me. If you died today, Somebody else will be in your job tomorrow to do the same work that you've been doing. Whether they do it as well as you did or not, it doesn't matter. Because guess what? You're not there to do it. And if you have to leave the company because of a bullying situation, do that. And feel secure in where it is that you're going. And the same way that you were looking when you found that job, be looking to find you another job, and the right opportunity will present itself. Absolutely. Um, I want to speak a little bit to your support system. So I know that some people don't talk to others because of the shame, but it's very important to have a healthy support system, some people that you can talk to about what it is that you're going through because you don't want to go through that by yourself. It's something that you do not want to bear that burden by yourself. So to have a healthy support system, People who are going to validate your feelings, they're not going to make it seem like, oh, you're just so weak, or if you were this type of person, or if you hadn't done this, and kind of placing the blame on you. So you have to have a great support system, because you shouldn't try to carry that by yourself. Right. If you're holding all that in, and for um, some people I found that, oh, they'll absolutely go see a therapist, they'll go see somebody such as myself, because... You need someone that's going to sit there, they're going to listen to you. They may be able to give you some uh, various tools that you can use, but someone that's going to not require that you go through that by yourself. Okay, so we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're actually going to talk about the subtle and the not-so-subtle signs of bullying. So this is your girl, Michelle and Sharon. With Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Hello, everyone. This is your girl, Michelle, with Girls Talk Real Talk. And I am so excited to tell you about our upcoming event. On February 15th, 2020, from 3 to 7 p.m., Girls Talk Incorporated presents our Sip and Sign book signing and networking event. The event will take place at the Rec Zone Indy location at 1137 North Arlington Avenue, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46219. Tickets are on sale now on Eventbrite for $15 in advance and $20 on the day of the event. Come out and meet our authors, our food vendors, Taste some delicious wines from Sip and Share Winery and pick up some magnificent literary masterpieces, all while enjoying some soft jazz and some networking. Please come out and join us. 
for a day of fun, food, and networking, as well as literary masterpieces. girl Michelle with Sharon, Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. So we're back from our break, and we're still talking about identifying a workplace bully. And so we've already defined what bullying is, and so I've got another definition that's very close to the one you read earlier in our show about workplace bullying, and this is from the Workplace Bullying Institute. Um, and what it says, it says the primary issue with bullying is that the perpetrator desires to control the other person's behavior, usually for his or her own needs, personal agenda, or self-serving motives. Bullies are a variety of subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways to control others emotionally, psychologically, and even physically. Physically? Wow. So some of those subtle signs, this is what um, the article says. It says, bullying often goes unnoticed in the workplace because it is a slow process of emotional and psychological manipulation that is hard to prove or detect. Here are 20 signs of bullying in the workplace. Number one is deceit. Repeatedly lying, not telling the truth, concealing the truth, deceiving others to get one's own way, and or creating false hopes with no plans to fulfill them. Number two, intimidation. Overt or veiled threats, fear-inducing communication and behaviors. Wow. Number three, ignoring. Purposely ignoring, avoiding, or not paying attention to someone. Forgetting to invite someone to a meeting selectively greeting or interacting with others besides the victim. Now, I've dealt with that myself. You speak to everybody else in the area, but you don't speak to me. And we think that that's just people being nasty or mean, but that is actually bullying because they are identifying to everybody else that you shouldn't talk to them either. Follow my lead. Exactly. Okay, number four, isolation and exclusion. Intentionally including someone or making them feel socially or physically isolated from a group. Purposefully excluding someone from decisions, conversations, and or work-related events. Number five, rationalization. Constantly justifying or defending behavior or making excuses for acting in a particular manner. Number six, minimization. Minimizing, discounting, or failing to address someone's legitimate concerns or feelings. Now, when I read this one, I was a little concerned because I am a conflict uh, resolution person. I do conflict resolution. And... One of the things that I always talk to people about is to use your iMessage. Instead of being threatening towards somebody else, use your iMessage. Take responsibility for your own feelings and for yourself and let them know their behavior is causing you to feel this kind of way. But if I'm looking at this, the minimization, even when you do that, 
they still are making it seem as if you don't have a right to feel the way you feel. Yeah, makes me think about how some parents, you know, will tell children, oh, you don't feel that way, you feel this way, or you shouldn't feel that way. And those things are just said to you. Because you got the right to feel however it is that you feel, and no one else should be able to feel that way. So, our number seven is diversion. Dodging issues, acting oblivious, or playing dumb. Changing the subject to distract away from the issue. Canceling meetings and avoiding people to get your own way. Number eight, shame and guilt. Now, we talked a little bit about this. Shame and guilt. Making an employee constantly feel that they are the problem. Shaming them for no real wrongdoing or making them feel inadequate and unworthy. And that's where the stress comes in. Because none of us want to feel inadequate or unworthy. Every person is worthy of great things happening in their lives. And when you come up against a person that makes you feel unworthy, you have, and you accept that and allow the stress to come into your life, what you've basically done is you've taken that person's insecurities upon yourself. And I know it's easier said than done, and some people are better at doing this than others, but one of the things that I had to learn is I had to tell myself if I have these internal conversations all the time, is that don't take on their insecurities. That's their insecurities and not you. Let them be where they are, but don't allow them to infringe upon your peace or to take away your joy. Okay, so think in terms of if you were a person who already suffered with insecurities. So it's going to add to that. Yes, it will. So there are many people who uh, aren't aware or they're unable, whatever the case may be, to do what it is that you do on a regular basis. So if this person is already struggling with low self-esteem, unworthiness, then it's just adding to it. It's actually, see, this shows that I am unworthy. This shows that I am uh, not this good of a person or I'm not able to do these things. So it just kind of hits it home because I'm already thinking those things. So validating something that I'm already and, and it makes a difference because there was a time when I was dealing with low self-esteem. And at, during that time, if you would have said something negative to me, it probably would have added to the stress that I was already dealing with. And I most likely would have taken it on. But um, we're going to get into, once we get through our list, we're going to get into some self-care items that Sharon is going to introduce to us. Because one of the things that is very, very important, that regardless if any of this is happening to you, the first person you have a responsibility to is yourself. Because if you don't take care of you, there's nobody else there to take care of you. And if you don't learn how to see your own value, nobody else will see your value either. Okay. So, um, undermining work, number nine. Deliberately delaying and blocking an employee's work, progress on a project or assignment or success. Repeated betrayal, promising them projects, and then giving them to others. Alternating supportive and undermining behavior, as well as demeaning behavior. Number 10, pitting employees against each other. That's pretty bad. Absolutely. 
unnecessarily and deliberately pitting employees against one another to drive competition, create conflict, or establish winners and losers, encouraging employees to turn against one another. Number 11, removal of responsibility. Removing someone's responsibilities, changing their role, or replacing aspects of their job without cause. That's, that, now that can be hurtful. Really hurtful. Especially when I ain't did nothing for you to take that away from me. Um, number 12, impossible or changing expectations. Setting nearly impossible expectations and work guidelines. Changing those expectations continuously to set up the employees to fail. And raise the bar. Yes. The bar was set here. I hit that mark and now it's here. And now it's here. Right. Either that or there's a different mark for different people. So I'm required to hit this mark. But the other people are this right, right. Number thirteen: constant change and inconsistency. Inconsistency: constantly changing expectations, guidelines, and scope of assignments. Constant inconsistency of word and action. For example, not following through on things said or on promises made. Number fourteen: mood swings. Frequently changing moods and emotions, sharp and sudden shift in their emotions. Now, that's one of the things that shows you the correlation between an abusive relationship and bullying. Because that's how the abuser keeps the victim in mind. Because they are constantly changing. There's an inconsistency, so you're constantly feeling like you're walking on eggshells. And a lot of times, a victim of bullying in the workplace will go through the same thing. They feel like they have to be very, very careful of what it is that they say, what it is that they do, how they interact with the other employees, or they get this flutter in their chest and this nervousness whenever the bully comes around them. That, that's serious. Okay, number 15, criticism. Constantly criticizing someone's work or behavior usually for unwarranted reasons. Now, on the criticism, it is not constructive criticism. It is destructive criticism. It's the kind that's meant to tear you down and to break you down instead of build you up and help you build better skills. Number 16, withholding information. Intentionally withholding information for someone or giving them the wrong information. Number 17, projection of blame. So we've already talked about the shame and the guilt. Now we're talking about projection of blame. Shifting blame to others and using them as a scapegoat. Not taking responsibility for problems or issues. Number 18, taking credit. Taking or stealing credit for other people's ideas and contributions without acknowledging them. Number 19, seduction. Using excessive flattery and compliments to get people to trust them, lower their defenses, and be more responsive to manipulative behavior. And finally, number 20, creating a feeling of uselessness. Making an employee feel underused, intentionally 
rarely delegating or communicating with the employee about their work or progress, and are persistently giving employees unfavorable duties and responsibilities. So those are our 20 lists of not so subtle, no, of subtle signs in the bullying workplace scenario. Okay, so we're gonna take a break here. So this is your girl, Michelle and Sharon with Girls Talk Real Talk because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Meet the co-authors of the international best-selling book, As For Me In My House. During our conversation with the author series, beginning Thursday, January 16th at 6 p.m. Be sure to tune in to the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast and hear each author discuss their journey to entrepreneurship and into the exciting world of being an international best-selling author. These ladies share their passion, their heart, and their personality with our audience. Be sure to join in on the conversation with authors Andrea Scott, Anissa Short, Norma McLaughlin, and Leslie Wright, beginning Thursday, January 16th at 6 p.m. on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, the Girls Talk YouTube channel, and all other approved podcast platforms. We look forward to you joining us with our very first episode of Conversation with the Author on the Girls Talk Real Talk podcast. We do have um, a landing page that has all of this information on it. And at the end of the video, you'll be able to see the link go there because this information, these 20 subtle signs of bullying, as well as the self-care information will be listed on that landing page as well. So Sharon, go ahead and share with us some of the self-care information that you have for us. So anytime I'm speaking uh, with clients, individuals who are going through things, um, I want to know exactly what are you doing for your self-care? Because oftentimes self-care falls off. Yes, it does. Yeah, it falls off. And I start with the basics. How well are you eating? Um, some people are emotional eaters. Um, sometimes I think we all may fall victim to that. But how well are you eating? Are you eating um, enough? Are you... Uh, eating too much, what kind of things are you putting into your body, is it fuel, or is it just those things that are comfort foods, um, are you not eating at all? I find that sometimes people have no appetite, if I'm not eating because I don't have an appetite, and we have to have conversations, sometimes you have to set timers and require yourself to eat. I'm going to pack my lunch, I'm going to take something to eat, and I'm going to actually eat it, I'm going to take some nutritional snacks, because if you're not even putting that fuel into your body, then it's going to affect you. It's going to affect you mentally, emotionally, physically. You're going to be affected. Also, are you drinking water? I know that some people tell me, I don't drink water. I'll drink a soda. Well, I'm going to need you to drink some water. You need to put in your body what your body is majority made up of. So, you know, how much are you drinking? Are you taking in that water? Are you taking in those fluids? 
want to talk to you about how well are you sleeping? Quite a few people struggle with getting proper rest. And so we start having conversations about your sleep hygiene, which means now you need to get some habits in place so that your body knows that it's time to go to bed and knows that this is the room that I go to bed in because I'm not doing all these other things such as let's not where I'm also let's see what I'm saying, um, let's say video games or might not be the time to watch a whole lot of television in there because I've got to get my body used to this is where I'm going to go, I'm going to go to bed. And also, if I'm not getting proper rest, then I need to look into that. Mm -hmm. My brain not shutting off, am I worried? Am I needing to uh, journal? Am I needing to work out before I go to bed? You know, what is it that's going to help me to get proper rest? You have some people who don't go to bed because go to sleep because what they're dreaming about aren't safe dreams. I'm not sleeping because sleep doesn't feel safe. So okay. I may need to go talk to someone um, professional so that I can get to a place where I can sleep because I close my eyes and I don't feel safe. I'm not going to stay asleep. I'm not going to want to go to sleep, and I may not even be aware of it. Also, looking at what am I doing? What are my hobbies? What are those things that I'm able to do? that it's not necessarily work. Am I still able to enjoy activities that I did previously? So I may need to connect with some of my guy friends, some of my lady friends, and do some things that can take my mind off. I may need to refresh, I yes. rejuvenate, and I need to do some things because if all I'm thinking about is what's taking place when I get back to work or what I've already experienced, then I'm going to experience burnout. It's a whole lot of things that are going to take place. So I have to make sure that I'm having a little rest. I'm having some relaxation. I'm having some fun. I've got some activities that I'm able to look forward to. So whatever it is that's going to kind of fill me up, that self-care, it looks different for different people. Right. If I ask you, hey, what is it that you do for your self-care? You can name off 10 things. I can be like, I don't do any of those things. But I do these things, and I feel that I'm filled up. So you have to look and see what is it that I need to do in order to have proper care of my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit. So my self-care begins first thing in the morning. I'm doing my praise, my worship, I'm in my word, um, I'm praying, I'm exercising, I'm doing all those things. You know, get into my devotional. For some people, they might say, well, that's not my thing. So what is it that grounds you in the morning? Right. Right. What is it that's grounding you? What are you eating first thing in the morning? Are you skipping that meal? So now I'm going to work and I don't even have any fuel within me. Like, give me a little bit of oatmeal. Give me some fruit. No oatmeal. Give me a smoothie in me. Whatever that is, you know, get myself a little muffin and some yogurt. Just making sure that I'm putting something in my system that's going to have some nutritional value, but is also going to kind of be fulfilling in the day. So usually, when, like I said, when I talk about self-care, I'm talking about the basics. And then you can go beyond that. But if you haven't taken care of the basics and you're trying to jump to things that are on that next level, it's not going to work. Right. Because I haven't taken care of those things that are going to be my foundation. You know, one of the things that you talked about was the necessity to make sure that you get enough sleep. I'm one of those people, six to seven hours is good for me. I don't need any more than that. I hate that. And once the seven hours has come and gone, 
My eyes is popping open. I don't care what time it is. But one of the things that I have found is I sleep better when I have white noise. Oh, sound machine. Yeah, sound I sleep machine. better if I've got like light music playing or even if I have, I listen to a lot of books on Audible. So even if I have the book playing and have it on a, type, on a timer, then I'm okay. I mean, in it, as, as electronically astute we are today, even Alexa has um, a thing where you can go in and schedule what your nighttime routine looks like, just like your morning routine. And even for myself, like when I get up in the morning, I say, Alexa, good morning. And she tells me the time, she tells me the weather, and then she kicks on my gospel music. And so there are different things that we can actually use. And like you said, before you can get to the next level of saying the affirmations and, and doing all the other stuff, you got to have the basics together. Because I'm going to tell you, breakfast for me, if I eat breakfast, I'm hungry for the rest of the day. Oh my, yes, that's my body. I'm hungry for the rest of the day. You know, I'll eat breakfast, and then three hours later, I want something else to eat. And then three hours later, I want something else to eat. But if I don't eat breakfast, I don't get hungry until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Yeah, so it's kind of like I've, I've really had to force myself to get some better eating habits. Because when you're constantly on the go, the one thing that you do is you eat unhealthy. And that can not only pack on the pounds, but it will also create stress within your body. Because your body's not getting the nourishment that it needs. So then when you experience that workplace bully, you don't have what you need in place to put up a shield so that what you're saying and doing is not affecting you negatively. I don't have anything. You know, I didn't have anything. I didn't come with anything. I didn't have anything. So when they come with whatever they have, it's like it knocks me down that much further. I wasn't really able to stand. You know, I'm just kind of here. And that's not that's not good on any level. I, I do want to say, um, I want to make sure that everybody knows that this is a series that will be coming on our YouTube channel and on Facebook page, Girls Talk, Girls with a Z, Talk 2018. Um, and we will be doing this the second Tuesday, or second Thursday. Morning, I'm getting so tongue-tied today. What's going on? Get the days um, again, we will be showing the video on our YouTube video, and we will have the link of that available for you, as well as doing a watch party on the second Thursday of every month. So we'll be talking again next month about workplace bullying, and we're going to be bringing in a different aspect of it. Um, in that conversation, we're actually going to be talking about the HR perspective and how workplace bullying can affect and infect a company negatively. And so make sure that you listen in and that you watch for it. And also, we are going to be asking individuals to contact us via the information that's provided at the end of the video, as well as on our landing page, because we want to hear about your experience with the workplace bullying or your experience from watching a workplace bully in effect.
because we want to be able to show that it's not just me that has experienced it or certain individuals that we've read about, but that this is really an epidemic in the workplace. And until it's dealt with effectively, it will continue to create havoc in the workplace and cause company to, companies to lose quality, well-trained individuals that they have invested in that have taken the training that you have paid for to another company instead of using it there at your own company. So, Sharon, is there anything else you want to share? I actually have a request. So, just as we want people who've experienced um, being bullied, workplace bullied, we also want, if you've been out there and let's say you've kind of heard some various things and it sounds like, oh, I've actually been that bully, we'd like to hear from you. And if you've been the person that you were on that end of being the bully and some kind of way um, you changed your ways, we would most definitely like to hear from you. Yes. You know, what is it that took place? How did you go about making those changes? Because there may be other people who are operating in that way and they may realize that, you know, I really don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not quite sure why I'm doing it or maybe I do know why I'm doing it, but I don't want to operate that way, but I'm not really sure right. how to make those changes. Right. And so if you could share how it is that you went about making some of those changes, that would be amazing. Yes, it will. We want to make sure that we cover all of our bases and make sure that we provide you with well-informed information and well-rounded information as well. Because we never know why a workplace bully is a workplace bully. And so we want to make sure that you have the information that you need in order to protect yourself. Um, because I have to admit, when I first heard of workplace bullying, my first idea was just quit it, just stop it. But just like overeating is an issue that can take over every aspect of your life, being a bully has the same psychological, emotional, spiritual, physical issues for the bully as well as the individual being bullied. And so we want to make sure that we're looking at those as well. So make sure that you look up again the subtle signs for bullying at work in the workplace. Also look at the eight personality traits of a workplace bully and be able to identify those areas where you can begin to be the solution to the issue that may be going on in your workplace. Again, this is Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk with Sharon. And this is another episode of our series, The Psychology of the Workplace. Thank you for listening and please join us and listen in again as we have a weekly podcast, and we will begin our um, conversation with the author series coming up at our very next one, which will be showcased on the 16th of January. So be sure to listen in. So thank you for listening. And remember, Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. Thank you for listening in on another episode of Girls Talk Real Talk. Be sure to follow us on all of the approved podcast platforms and to like our Girls Talk YouTube channel. This is Michelle signing off 
and wishing each of you a prosperous and joyous life. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again. Bye-bye. She's just a girl and she's on fire Hotter than a fantasy Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly away